Hello, and welcome to the Oscar Went To, the podcast that looks back at a year in film and sees what films endured, what films didn't, and attempts to figure out why. Please give it up for your masters of ceremony, Max Salim and Nick Mestad. Okay. Right, dude. Here we are. Great oh to see God. you. Great to great to kind of see. It's a it's a little it's it's dimly lit where you are. So over FaceTime, it's it's mysterious. I'm back in the basement. Yeah, I'll bring a uh, I'll bring a, a supplementing light next time. Next time we talk. Oh no, no, we're. I mean, I'm not saying this as a criticism. If you're, if you're, the the image I'm painting right now is that it's like swelteringly hot in Minnesota, and you're down in the cool basement right now, but. It is cool. Nature's air conditioning basements. <laughs> Nature, right. nature's air conditioning. Man-made basements. Basements are kind of the modern day, uh, or they are kind of just caves. They're modern day caves. This is very cave-like too. My basement is especially cave-like. Mm-hmm. Dude, good to see you. Good to see you too, man. It's- we have a lot to catch up. We we forgoed personally catching up when we kind of uh, logged onto Facetime to just dive into the pod. So this is a very real catch up and, and reconnection. This is real, man. This is real. This is live. So, I mean, we have news. You have news. The podcast has news. Or do we want to share that or not? I ha- Well, I have a roommate now that's a psychopathic milk terrorist. So my <laughs> life has like changed pretty severely uh, in the last couple of weeks. And this is just like a 22 year old you found off Craigslist? <laughs> Yes, dude. I just needed like a little bit of help with the rent and stuff. No, that's the other thing is I actually pay for this new roommate. I pay everything for him too. Oh. So, do they yeah. like what are they bringing to the table? Do they at least have like West Wing like on DVD or like what? Well, I don't know. I mean, I get to change a lot of diapers. That's one thing. Okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah, there's like sort of um, a constant uh, frustration coming from this new roommate mm-hmm. as well, but. I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping he pays off in in spades here. Okay, so it's an investment. It's it's an investment into all of our future. <laughs> love it, love it. We're talk- I mean, if people are listening to this for the first time ever, mm-hmm. I just had a kid. That's the that's the context of this conversation. Yeah, congratulations. That's a beautiful thing. I've not seen a picture yet. I don't believe. Oh my bad, dude. I'll no, no, no. That's not. I don't imagine that. Uh, yeah, feed feed the baby. Make sure the baby is is healthy, and send Mestad a picture. Is those are top priorities. Well, I do think that like this little guy. Think about how many pictures you have when you from when you were an infant. You oh, know? Yeah. oh yeah, like surely a lot, but I don't know a hundred. Right, right, yeah. And I sort of get the feeling effortlessly. This guy's gonna have like more pictures in his first year of him than I had in my entire childhood. Digital media is gonna create such a, I mean, digital storage and and cameras in your pocket. I mean, it's not a hot take, I guess, but it's it, just the staggering amount of images I already have, and then I'm gonna like exponentiate that out over the next 18 years. It's gonna be a shit ton of pictures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, everything documented, like videos. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I would even say, like, I would say that anyone born after, like, or around uh, two thousand and seven, is kind of in relatively the same territory in, ter- in terms of documentation of their life. My dad's dad was born in nineteen twenty six, Alexandria, Egypt, and there's mm-hmm. like one photo of him as a kid, and it I've stared at it 
quite a bit, you know, because you just try to like pick up these little hints of what life and existence was then. Yeah. And yeah. so I do feel like someone will enjoy these excessive photos and content someday because I would love if I had 10,000 photos of you know my grandparents in their various childhoods Mm. to sort of piece together their existence yeah that's real that's a good point I wonder too if there's going to be a spoil of riches like if I I I mean I honestly I I mean I hate to I hate to bring this out but it it is like kind of how I don't know I've sort of recently like realistically started entertaining the idea that like maybe the world is coming to an end in our lifetime, but, Mm. um, but because like even talking about like, Oh yeah, I wonder if like historians will like, you know, dive into this ocean of, of documentation that our current generation has. And like, uh, like I, I will be honest, I do have like a slight kind of like, that sounds unrealistic to me, but I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, just continuing the darkness from the Toy Story three episode right into the <laughs> yeah. Sandlot episode. <laughs> yeah, th- this is a yeah. It's an interesting point. I mean, so I mean, because I imagine, especially as a parent, like you, you're, you're like I, ma- I imagine like every moment is probably like, oh my god, like this is like the cutest, most like photogenic thing that ever existed. It seems excessive. Like I think it, I'll start to curb the picture taking, even though I do sort of mm. want to do the great beauty thing to this kid. Do you remember that scene oh, sh- in Great Beauty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole, like, the Coliseum of photos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but, yeah. Dude, have That's a baby. Great. Have photos. Um, I was kind of joking at the beginning. That was, like, a half joke. It's, like, I, I love my son, which sounds mm-hmm. like I'm pretending to be adult when I say that out loud. I love my new roommate. And, but, huh. yeah, it's a trip. It's, uh, it's way more work than I was expecting. Okay. Birth is fucking bonkers and nobody tells you this. <laughs> like you I can because you yeah. can think what? you know what it is and you do mm-hmm. know what it is, but when it actually goes down, it's like this is insane. <laughs> I can't imagine it. Because like you saying like people don't tell you how bonkers birth is, I feel like what it is is like the second part of what you just described, where it's like everyone is like telling they're trying to communicate it but it's like almost incommunicable where it's that's like unless you experience it for yourself it's like you just don't understand kind of thing you heard it here first though dude you just <laughs> i know i did yes <laughs> um, that's phenomenal that's great it's interesting to hear you say too that like you like were reticent or feel like strange saying your son uh where i imagine that's like because it's like to me it's like I'm, yes, he's your son. You're a father. Like that's. Oh come on, the, dude! Don't say that. You are the father. I mean, I feel like Ethan Hawke in uh, Before Sunrise, where I'm I'm seeing all of this uh, through a ten year old's eyes, and this is like a practice run of of real adulthood. And I've ah. always felt that way. So now I feel old as fuck with ah. my son. Sure. Although I will. Did you, oh, sorry, and not to be obnoxious. You mean Ethan Hawke in Boyhood? No, I mean Ethan Hawke in Before Sunrise when they're in the church and she's like, no, I feel like an old lady looking back on my got life you. as a... Yeah, 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 gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's a good point. Although I will say Ethan Hawke in, 
I feel like Ethan Hawke, I mean, we really are an Ethan Hawke podcast. He is like a central figure to like all of our conversations we reviewed. I think he's the actor whose films we've reviewed the most. But that being said, him in Boyhood as the father, I think is like a really nice, um, it, it felt like a very like refreshing kind of take on a father where it's like there was a youthful quality. There was a cool quality to him. He was in the end a very good dad. But it, it was also like not that classic sort of like stern sort of adults, like serious um, father figure. That's like kind of the, the archetype I felt anyway. Sure. There, there are movies now that I have a kid that I'm like, I think I need a couple. Uh, I need to get a rewatch of a few of these different films like mm, because I have yeah. like a tiny shift in perspective that I think like, you know, some some movies like like Boyhood, like uh like Tree of Life, for example, could like start sure. to sort of chisel a little deeper into that new crack of of fresh perspective I have. So Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well speaking of uh rewatching movies with a uh with a kid or with a new lens, um that kind of blends somewhat nicely into today's Yes. Episode. But yeah, so we're still um kind of slogging our way through movies we can't wait to watch with our kid. I thought we would have this whole uh, series done before the kid came, but uh, here we are. Uh, you you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, uh, so th- this week um, we are doing a deep dive. Well, <clears throat> let's boilerplate it. Hello and welcome to the Oscar went to. This is not a podcast about parenting. It's a podcast about movies. This week is a supplement to our movies. We cannot wait to watch with our kids episode. And we are getting our scuba gear on and doing a deep dive into the 1993, I'd say cult classic, Mm -hmm. The Sandlot. And directed by, help me out here. David Mickey Evans. David Mickey Evans. I'm Max Salim. I'm Nick Mestad. On this podcast, we usually like to look back at a year in film and decide what has aged well and what hasn't and try to figure out why. If that sounds interesting to you, jump back, let's say, four episodes in our feed and check out our recap of 2001, correct? That was our last year? Yes. Okay. And then after that recap, we like to jump in the depths, take a closer look at some of the films that have piqued our interest from a given year. Like I said, this is a little bit of an offshoot. We're talking about movies that we cannot wait to watch with our kids. And so this is our deep dive of, uh, of the week. A quick disclaimer, our deep dive episodes are no holds barred, and we'll absolutely get into spoiler territory. So if you've never seen The Sandlot and you'd like to see it, this might not be a good starting episode for you. All right. Yeah, the sa- I was excited. You, uh, you, so full disclosure, you were the one who recommended this movie that we do this movie. Yep, this was on my top five for movies I can't wait to watch with my kids, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think you got to call it a cult classic because mm-hmm. it's like it wasn't that successful. It made money, right? It made thirty thirty four million dollars against a seven million dollar uh, budget, but just yeah. the I I read that there was. It did $72 million, so more than double, in DVD and VHS sales. Wow, wow. Which okay. I'm, I'm guessing there's not a lot of movies that can say they did double their box office. On no, I mean... Fucking DVD sales. For sure. I mean, I mean, Wikipedia labels it solidly as a cult film. Like, it's, it's right. like cult success. So I think, I think Sandlot is a prime example of the cult film, 100%. What's, what's your relationship with this movie? 
I saw it in theaters. I saw it in theaters. I nice. um, yeah, this was one. I'm sure I referenced it before in the podcast, but we would go to the last run theater uh, in Apple Valley, Minnesota at the time. It's no longer there. I think it's like a doctor's office now. But uh, yeah, this is one of the movies that we saw. It was me, my dad, my brother. We saw it. Uh, I remember liking it. And then this will be lead to a nice conversation because I know baseball is and was and is a huge or it's like a significant part of like you like your I don't know. You really enjoy baseball. And Correct. for me. I was never like I played baseball growing up. I played little league like through fifth grade, but like it, it was never something I authentic. Had it not been like kind of like mainlined into like, you know, had our culture not mainlined baseball into like the youth uh, that we were, I don't think I would have necessarily gravitated towards baseball. Like I like baseball, but I remember um, uh, buying this movie on VHS, and we had it on VHS, and that's where we really got the the many many viewings of it in. And I remember the way the the context in which I bought it was uh, our uh, our parents would give us like a, a small like a, a set of a sum of money, and, be, and we'd go to the mall for our birthdays, and we were able to spend that sum of money. It was a really fun way to kind of pick out what we wanted. And I had like a little bit of money left over after doing this like shopping spree thing. And it was kind of like, well, you have, you know, like 10 bucks left. Like, what can you do with that? And then I found Sandlot in a Mervyn's California, if you remember that department store. <laughs> uh, and it was like nine bucks is on sale. And I was like, yeah, why not the Sandlot? And then, so that's how we ended up with it. But uh, because of that little uh, twist of fate, uh, we ended up owning it and watching it quite a bit. So how about you? What's your experience with this movie? I, I also think I saw it in theaters. There, This movie definitely, for a kid, has a super high rewatchability. I feel like may, maybe it's revisionist history, but I feel like I watched this movie like 80 times as a kid. Like yeah. every time yeah. I was homesick, every time I didn't know what to pop in, every time I could only watch a little bit of a movie. It, mm-hmm. I feel like it was on too all the time. Mm-hmm. So... I saw this movie a ton, and then it's something I haven't really revisited. I maybe watched it once six years ago with my brother, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then again for this episode. Yeah, yeah. It had been a long time since I'd seen this movie. Long, long time. And so rewatching it last night, I... Well, I teared up a couple times, I have to say. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, tell me about... So, I assumed you were... you you Your connection to this movie is not through the sport, which it is, I feel like, at least in part with mm-hmm. me but mm-hmm. this movie is sort of it's sort of a little boy's like fantasy 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean that's like kind of what struck me about it is because like because like baseball especially like because this takes place in i think the early 60s but it came out in 93 i feel I, and i do wonder if baseball maybe still has that I, I bet it still does i like to think it still does and i think that's fairly accurate where it is a like because it's like a uh, at least American pastime, there is just like a youthful quality kind of catch all quality to like neighborhood baseball. Like it's almost like it is about baseball, but like you don't have to be into baseball to be doing that because it's like, it's an outdoor activity. And like, it just kind of like, it's, it's just like a perfect like kind of activity to like, Oh yeah, the neighborhood kids are getting together and it's like scrappy and it's not about like winning and losing necessarily. It's just like this activity. And so like, it, 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 the movie has a really nice quality of like being about baseball, but also like not at all. And it's just like about youth and nostalgia and it captures that really well. And I think like just like neighborhood baseball is like the perfect uh, subject to, to kind of hit the hit those notes of like, oh, remember, remember youth. Super yeah. nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a double nostalgic because I feel like the movie was intentionally made to be yeah. super nostalgic. Yes, yes. You know, being made in 93, taking place in 1962. But then mm-hmm. there's a whole nother layer of that nostalgia for us 
now who saw it when it came out in 1993. Yeah, it's it's double nostalgia. And we talked about this. I mean, I think this qualifies as a period piece, even though period piece has the connotation of being kind of like a stuffy, like award season drama. This is a period oh, yeah. piece. And like, as with all period pieces, it's double, like all period pieces, because it's like whatever period they're like recapturing and taking place in. But it's also a period piece in regards to like whatever year the movie was made because it's like oh yeah like if you're watching a period piece that was made in 93 there is like that layer of it no matter what time it's set in and the, like if you're watching a period piece it takes that was made in like 75 you're like you're watching like a movie from that year even no matter what year it takes place in so yes totally there's double nostalgia here which was like crazy to see because like i felt like this double like this double nostalgia in regards to wondering like oh like there's like a little bit that's like Okay, this this is like 1960s sort of like nostalgia, but like also I feel and part of the reason I like teared up at the points that I did was it, it felt this like it, it kind of going through like even those double layers of like 1993 to 1962. I still felt like oh man, like being young and like these like memories like the Fourth of July. I mean we we'll get into specific sequences, but that there's just like moments where like I think it was like part of the reason I was moved by it was because of like despite all of these layers of like years and and nostalgia and stuff like it's like there is a I, I felt like it's it really struck a universal chord um of just like man like it there are universal experiences that are definitely had. and it's like either you can relate to this experience or you like wish you had this experience yeah yeah and it's uh when I say a little boy's paradise is just like being I guess it could be like just a youthful paradise but it's it's like being outside being with your friends like getting in trouble having like cool little clubhouses mm-hmm. um, having like little like secret places to go what are some other oh making traps making contraptions oh, yeah. you know oh, yeah. like getting oh, out yeah. of trouble yeah so I just I, I feel like it's sort of catered to be what it is yeah, for sure. I mean, it works like super well. And like, uh, I'm not the first person to make this comparison, but the A Christmas Story is like the movie that I think of that this is like so similar to where it is like it's nostalgic and it's like kind of just vignettes uh, of like different memories and stuff from a specific time and specific time of year. Um, but it just like works so well because it's like, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, because yeah, the 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 dot like the the beast stuff is like the movie takes a turn at that, you know, at near like in the third act, but like it, like it rides just like kind of the vignette of memories of like, okay, this was the 4th of July. This was the hot day that we went to the pool. Here's when we went, uh, had, you know, dip and threw up at the carnival. Like it does a really good job of like, just like being, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not overloaded with like trying to do like a, like a, here's the narrative of the movie. It's, it's like, here are, you're going to get snapshots in this movie from like a specific time. It's going to be nostalgic and that it does it really, really well. Sure. And I, if we, if you want to just briefly talk about structure a little bit, that was one thing I was struck with this viewing is that I seem to remember, uh, Smalls hitting the home run with the Babe Ruth ball, like in the act end of act one, but really Hmm. it's like, you're right. It's these vignettes for almost two thirds of the movies before they really like get into the nitty gritty of needing to get this ball back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was like, it was, I don't, I don't necessarily have that same memory, but I, and I actually kind of forgot 
that it was the Babe Ruth ball. Like I forgot exactly like why they had to like go behind enemy lines with the beast. And like the second he was like, I got a ball. I was like, Oh damn, that's right. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it really does. And the movie like picks up so quickly. I mean, he's like in the field, like, you know, and has his first like catch and they like kind of like, you know, that where the team like is one over. That's like very early in the film. And I like, I, I like that. It like doesn't waste any time. And it's just like, you know, here's the best summer of my life. And we just, we see that pretty quickly. The last thing I'll say sort of about the nostalgia factor or not even, the, but why this is so effective of a, of a watch is that I feel like either you, you had aspects of this childhood. You wish you had aspects of this childhood. It's like any town USA. Mm-hmm. So it's like very malleable for mm-hmm. your own memories to ping against this movie. Yes, I can agree with that 100%. It, it's, yeah. It, I mean, it is like a memory. It's like a perfect little world that they're like living, like that they're presenting. It's just, it's magical. What are some things you liked about this movie? I I mean, the vignette quality was like phenomenal. Like if we're getting into like specifics, like the 4th of July sequence, like was so nice from like beginning to end where it's just like the, the I don't know what exactly song they're playing over the whole thing, but it's just like, it's beautiful like just so moving and just evokes like i can i feel like i can like smell the air like in that neighborhood at dusk and like it's just that feeling of like leaving the house too at night and it's like kind of special and like i remember playing flashlight tag in the summer in my neighborhood it like it's like a very exciting specific childlike feeling to just be like leaving the house at night and you're going to play at night and like and like he references in that sequence like you know they all knew that um uh, Benny was going to be like the best and like it, it's just like fucking great it like touches upon like it, the uh, fleetingness of that moment while also like presenting it and like what it is it's just I thought it was really nice specifically for a moment um, to, to piggyback off that just for a single statement mm-hmm. I was impressed by the cinematography in this movie which is probably something I didn't realize when I was a lot younger but it's really mm-hmm. nicely shot sure. kudos to the cinematographer who I don't have his name in front of me but yeah I can get behind that. Anthony B. Richmond. I can get behind that. Like obviously not having this, the anywhere near the, the same knowledge of like behind the scenes production as you do. I was try. I, I do. I am familiar with like when movies look shitty or like, it's like very easy for a movie to look shitty. And the fact that this movie like never like, you know, never calls attention. It never takes you out of it with like the visuals of it. It, it, it It's yeah. It was really nice. What's something that you liked about this movie? I, th- I, I was also struck that the, and this is not a hot take because I think most of these kids acted in this movie and then sort of disappeared, mm-hmm. but the acting is pretty good, you know, yes. for like really putting the backbone of your movie sitting on, you know, a bunch of eight to 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, they do a, a pretty good job, especially smalls. Smalls is great. Uh, Tom Geary is the actor. He was in, um, Mystic River as well. He's like the 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 boyfriend of um, the girl that gets murdered in Mystic River, and he does he's fucking great in that movie. Also, uh, yes, I can I can get behind this totally. The um the tall kid <laughs> um, with the glasses uh, might be uh, my favorite. Uh, um, Timmy, the guy. Who, oh, Bert, 
Bertram, the guy who gets really into the 60s and no one ever yes, heard from again. No, which which was like, I honestly, before, I, I don't remember that being the ending. And but as I was watching the movie last night, I'm like, this dude gets super into drugs. Like, this dude gets super into drugs. He like brings the cha and he just yeah. has a vibe to him that's very like... Uh, <laughs> He's just, he, we don't know what he's going to, but he, I was fucking cracking up at like his delivery and his cadence with like almost anytime they do a cutaway to kind of like the individual dudes, like commenting on something like his like face also on the, um, on the, like, like the carnival ride when they're all getting sick and he's just like, <laughs> it's just a look. He plays it really well. So yeah, but the, it's really, I mean, it's really good. I mean, it all, they all seem natural. I also like shout out to kids, uh, swearing in movies classic like this is just like when he's like he's in deep shit it's just it's yeah it's a great it's a great crew of crew of kids also the music in this movie is really great and it uses it like pretty liberally uh to its to its uh benefit like i really the whole soundtrack of it is just it's really great and a a vital piece i think of a lot of kind of the nostalgia and energy of the movie did you ever have a chew no, never. Okay, so you've never no. had this experience of getting way too sick. No, I mean I've heard. I go. I've heard this, but uh, but yeah, no, the, never had that. That seems nostalgic in uh, the all the worst kind of ways. But. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I you've had this experience. Not, I mean, I haven't gone on like a tilt a whirl, but I've definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Like had it chew when I was uh, too young and and got my <laughs> sure. world rocked by it. So. Sure. <laughs> Sure. I also remember that sequence. I remember like as they were going into it on this viewing, I was like, oh yeah, we definitely see vomit in this. Like I remember that. But that sequence is so much shorter and we see so much less vomit than I remember seeing. Okay. Like the second they vomit, it's like done. And it's like clearly like watching it this time, I was like, oh, this was clearly like a much longer sequence. And they probably were just like, yeah, we're going to see puke once and then we're out. And yeah, because I just, I remember it being a very much longer sequence, but it's vivid. Is what it is. What parts did you tear up at? Uh, I teared up at the the beginning of the Fourth of July sequence. I teared up just because it like for the, I think that was kind of the the portal of like man we're we're like this is a universal experience and I haven't like thought about childhood this specifically in a while. And the other moment I think was when he like it's like right after he's caught the ball and like they're all kind of like you know into him or like he's like yeah he can play. I like teared up a little bit because it's just like the moment of like they're just existing and this is childhood and like all that stuff of like my life's over. I'm like, you know, I don't fit in and then to fitting in like all that stuff I haven't thought of in a long time. And watching this movie, it brought me back to watching it as a kid and feeling that stuff or relating to that stuff. That scene is you kind of strike me as a little bit of a Scotty Smalls. Is that offensive to you or? No, not at all. Not at all. I think uh, it's, cer- it's certainly in regards to like not necessarily like uh, I don't gravitate towards ath- athleticism, but like, you know, there's not exactly, you know, a cul-de-sac full of um, videographers <laughs> in my neighborhood, unfortunately. So it was like it was like, yeah, I related to like what this what struck me in this viewing was like baseball as the just like the natural activity for kids and sports like it's like. I, I am curious if that's if that's still like a fairly universal thing in American suburbs. Uh, but like definitely being outside in the summer was right. a thing. I we would play baseball, yes, but we didn't only play baseball. But just like, yeah, I don't know if you can still do that. But I would run out the front door and go mm-hmm. do stuff around with the other kids all summer yeah. long. 
Yeah. And maybe that's like the, what it taps into is that, that, cause like that feels like very natural, like a kid thing, like, okay. And the parent thing too, like get out of the house, just like go have fun, get dirty. This is, that is a sweet quality of this movie where it like, it does like, they, they all seemingly know that the, it's not really even about the baseball itself. I mean, it is, but it's not like, it's about like worshiping Babe Ruth and like worshiping the athletes and stuff. But like, you know, Smalls, at least from his like adult perspective, was like, we all knew that, you know, we weren't going to make the bigs, but it wasn't really about that. I think that's like kind of, if I had to like pin down like one quality that this movie nails and is like maybe responsible for its like cult status is like, it really captures that really nicely where it's like, it's not about like, all right, who has the talent, who doesn't? It's like, no, these are like kids that you played with and like you knew each other because like of the randomness of like living near each other and they, here's where the personalities of those and like you either keep in touch with some of those kids but probably you don't and like it's a memory and it's like a special time and that's what the sandlot is. i mean the sandlot it's like a it's like a piece of shit lot and yet they have like the summer of their lives on it you know it's like that is what this movie is the let's go just quickly back to the scene where smalls catches the ball the first time because I'm not going to say I weeped during that scene, but I had a stronger emotional reaction than I remembered Mm -hmm. having Mm -hmm. in the past. Mm -hmm. And I want to just speak to uh, another positive quality about this movie, which is like the magical realism that's going on. And it sort of cranks itself up Mm -hmm. from that moment more and more. Like, obviously, um, you can't like hit a ball 250 feet right into a kid's glove, but it's like a beautiful scene. And obviously there's not enough light coming off fireworks to like play a game of baseball, but it's like a beautiful scene. And then it allows itself to like sort of crank up this quality. So by the time you get to the beast, you mm-hmm. bu- you really buy into this whole legend and the legend of Babe Ruth coming out of the closet and mm-hmm. the concept of, of heroes and legends. And um, so th- the movie does a nice job of not, uh, of of cranking that quality up and it starts with that scene when Benny's like just put your glove in the air and I'll do the rest yeah that's really good man I hadn't even thought of that quality of it where it's like the quality of memory like how it feels in your memory like it's not concerned with realism it's just believability and it's like magical realism that's like a very good call and yes I think that that is the turning point because then after that is when we get like the treehouse and stuff any any favorite scenes you want to bring up? I mean, uh, the Wendy Peppercorn like introduction when she's walking down the street is really funny to me. If I am, be- I mean, like, yeah, there is a thing of like, if this movie was made today, like, this is much. This is either not in it at all or vastly different just because like but like when she's introduced, it's just like and this is probably nostalgia from like watching it as a kid. But it's just like, yeah, I was like. Uh, it was just like such a standout moment. And then when he like kisses her, it, it's just like, it's just like, it's, it's in terms of it being a memory and like that kid having a quality that was just like, yeah, it was fucking insane. Like he can't go to the pool ever again. It really just made me smile. I will say though, the fact that he like looks through the chain link fence and this like lifeguard who was just like forced to rescue this kid who she thought was dying. And then he like forced her to kiss him. Like is like, goes from like, okay, you're cute. Way, way, way. It was like, there's no fucking way. And this probably did a lot of damage in regards to like, what is, what is like, oh yeah. You know, just like, just like force it. Like girls like it. Like I was like that, that, this, that that's not a good message to be putting I'm, out there. I'm glad you're bringing this up because yeah, this scene would never, if this movie was made today, this scene would never 
take place. No. But it's it, dude, it's a super memorable scene. Like I don't absolutely I can't really think of anything else iconic moment like this, this and movie. it's it's iconic, <laughs> yeah. yes. And it yeah. and it's it's weird. It's like pushing the boundaries cuz I mean, Smalls is like 10 yeah. and Wendy Peppercorn is Good like call. a 20-year-old babe and it's like and yeah, just the way she's introduced where it's just like a shot of her ass, you know? Yeah, and, man, it's and egregious. they're both like have their tongues hanging out. Dude, it but, is it is yeah, go ahead. I'm going to just say one thing about it is that it somehow taps into this like, (laughs) do you remember like, I remember when I was like 10, I would have like a crush on like a 10 year old in my class. (laughs) But then I would also like, I would know that like the 20 year olds were babes, but I, they were like, you didn't know what to do with that feeling at all. It was like an overwhelming, like foreign kind of scary feeling when you saw like a super hot mm-hmm. you know quote unquote adult and mm-hmm. somehow this movie like it just taps into that where you remember that feeling a little bit that's a good point i and i i wasn't necessarily reminded of that watching it on this viewing but now that you're saying that i absolutely i don't know if i've ever thought of it in that way but i definitely remember that feeling now that you say that where it's just like oh yeah it's like my my you know my teacher is hot or my teacher is a babe but like you you almost can't even like say that to yourself um no and you can't even like look them in the eye or do any like (laughs) you don't know what to do with it it's like a sexual feeling but you don't even know what like sexuality yeah it's like what is that yeah 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 totally and it's just yeah a very confusing weird feeling that at least this movie (laughs) tries to address yeah, even though it's pretty egregious uh, through our you know twenty twenty one lenses, for sure, for sure, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it taps into that nostalgia, like like you know, like it's a separate conversation of like if that's a a good or bad thing, like what they're doing, but it taps into a very real nostalgia for like a very real time and like feeling. Yeah, is there like standout scenes to you? What are your what are your moments? I think we've kind of touched on most of them. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the treehouse scene is like great and that's just great, like piling great. on to the nostalgia. Like every kid wishes mm-hmm. he has like a treehouse, let alone yep. a massive treehouse that you can get like 10 people into for a sleepover. Yep. And then the, yeah, the retelling of the the story of the beast is like also leaning into that sort so of memory, uh, yeah. magical realism. Like the I forgot bigger and bigger yes. you know, throughout the retelling of the story. Yes. I forgot about that retelling. And when they go into it with like the film grain and like um, Squince's grandfather and forever, like I was like, I was like, oh, of course, how could I have forgotten about this? It was a very nice uh, and pleasant rediscovery. I like when dad slaps a steak on his eye. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, it, 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 like as he was asking, his dad for catch. I was like remembering the movie and I was like, Oh yeah, he gets, so he gets a black guy from like catching it wrong. And for some reason in my head, I remember like frozen vegetables, a bag of frozen vegetables being put on. And when he slapped the steak on there, I was like, Oh yeah, Jesus. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Also Karen Allen in this movie. Yep. Do not remember that at all. I mean, I didn't know who she was at the time. So like watch on this rewatch, it was like a really nice, like, Oh, it's Karen Allen. And like the whole sequence when Benny like uh, pickles the beast is like, it's a little, maybe it's maybe like two minutes too long, but it mm-hmm. is, I don't know. It's just like, it goes back to the magical realism thing I keep, I keep harping on, but it's like, yeah, that is legend. What Benny did is legendary. One thing I like about this movie and you don't see very often is the protagonist is not the hero. 
and mm-hmm. Benny is clearly the hero of the movie. It's a really good call. That's a really good call. Yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, there's like a huge like Wonder Years quality to it to, to me yes. like watching this now where I was like, oh, I never thought about this at the time, but like this like fits very snugly into that, into that With feeling. the voiceover and... Mm-hmm. And I really like the opening of this movie, which I never connected with really or resonated like as a kid, but watching it now, it's like obviously as an adult, like very nice to just like see like, oh, this is told from an adult's perspective. And like that, you know, that, that framework is like really it hit home a lot uh, nicer uh, for me on this rewatch for obvious reasons. Any, any things you do not like about this movie? I mean, just like splitting hairs, I, I would say like the, he he in the narration to the movie, like especially at the beginning, he says like, and we got into the biggest pickle I've ever been in, like like four times, and it was like we I don't need that like this many times. Um, yeah, that felt the, like a little like kids chapter book e to me. Sure, sure. The the but, the narration can be a little cheese dick sometimes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I mean that that admittedly is very minimal. I, overall, I thought it was very nice. I mean, like the 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 you know, kind of like what happened to each each uh, player at the end. I visually, I really liked like the fade out of them in the field. I thought the details of them were a little like um, crass, almost. Where it's like, oh, I could like they they kind of like went for humor at certain points with like certain of the of the guys. Where it was just like, uh, uh, what's the catcher's name? Ham? No, Ham. Ham. It's like Ham became a professional wrestler. It's like that doesn't feel true, um, you know. Where it's just like if if there's a quality of it where I wanted them to kind of have like an unflinching realism to it of like you know he like became like an accountant and is like happy and like you know whatever. I just like a little more thought into those uh, uh, conclusions with each character. I, I I would have appreciated, but sure. Um, admittedly, that's uh, and also like the very end of like him like announcing like i i could have used just like one kind of nice like one little it kind of fades out and it's like which is fine but i could have used like one last moment as them as an adult that like you know kind of like drove it home no pun intended yeah i mean uh, uh, to get a little nitpicky from a baseball perspective there's no fucking way that you would pinch run like a 35 year old guy in a big game and on the first pitch he would like successfully steal home that's Got like it. an absurd <laughs> baseball <laughs> moment yeah. of this movie, but it's at the very end and you let it go. I mean, it has been established that we can't really trust our narrator. So maybe that's like, maybe he's just like delusional in, in present time as well. <laughs> but that, that's a good point. I, I didn't even realize that, but that, that makes sense. But I mean, overall it like what the movie, the meat of the movie is like so well done that kind of like, you can forgive the, the, the things we're saying, or at least I the can. book ends. Yeah. 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 Um, um yeah. I, so there's a few things that upon this viewing that I didn't love and it comes a little bit with like my, not with my nostalgia hat on, not with my, love of baseball hat on but like just through sort of like a, a film maker's eyes mm-hmm. um i w- i wish the movie had said a little more something about something you know what i yeah. mean like yeah. there had been just like a little bit of subtext to the story like like this story was representative of the American dream or representative Mm -hmm. of America in this time or, but it sort of like stays away from anything like that. And maybe that's a quality of it. And it is a kid's movie. It was made to be a kid's movie. I don't think it was made to be this, like I, this iconic, have this iconic legacy 
that it mm-hmm. does necessarily. Mm-hmm. It was made to be like fucking bad news bears. So right. it, it didn't take on the responsibility and that's okay. But I, I still wish there was like a little something there. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. Uh, as well. Now that we're talking about it, the the I don't know when the last time you saw American Graffiti was, but I rewatched it in quarantine, and this movie shares like this certain this movie is certainly like in the tradition of American Graffiti, like what American Graffiti is to like high school ending and youth ending, Sandlot is to kind of like being young, just like being like a kid, but like especially like down to the like here's where these characters ended up. But American Graffiti, I think, is something that does what you're saying well, where it's like it's saying something about like oh yeah, like that's all gone now or like that we'll never get that back. But like that, and it evokes that specific time really nicely and then doesn't get too heavy handed, but like you do feel like a punch with it where exactly it can be yeah. like, yeah, it can be saying something about being 12 years old also. Mm-hmm. Or, right. It, but it's, it sort of doesn't wade into any of these waters and I wish it did. Yeah, no, I can, I can be in agreement with that. I mean, not that the, not that thought, not that thoughtful, um, wrap-ups with every character would accomplish that. That's like a little too neat, but I do think that would lend itself or the, the wrap-ups of the characters being kind of crass, I think is indicative of what you're saying where it's like, oh, just like a level, just a, a degree or two more of just like thoughtfulness with this, I think could have like brought this around in like a really great way. But I mean, again, it is like a cult classic, so it is like kind of hard to nitpick. Yes, but. and I, th- I'm, being, I'm being super nitpicky here. Um, yeah, same, same. And then I got the feeling sometimes that it's a little contrived, like in the sense that it's like when you say Christmas story or like American graffiti, or I'm sure I could think of some more examples, but it's, it seems to be like trying to be this type of movie and pulling from, I'm trying to say that it's like, you could argue that it's like egregiously nostalgic in some mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. and that it's like really, um, like derivative like it's really like yeah yeah uh just not exact moments but it's just like pulling a vibe from so many different movies again that's super nitpicky but just like a little hint of a feeling i had at the end of it sure like it lacks its own true style yeah 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 Uh, yeah i can get behind that i mean i i guess like the way i I hear you. My thought is, is that like, I like that it just kind of went for that kind of unabashed nostalgia rather than try to like do something else. Oh, the fact that it's like a cult, like kids movie, I feel like is like somewhat rare where it's like, it's made for kids. Kids love it. And at the same time, like adults like connect with it too. Like, I feel like that's pretty rare territory. Um, Worth mentioning. It's like on the heels. This was like a, a big time for kids baseball movies. Do you remember like, yeah, yeah, probably within a couple years, I would guess that for sure, like little big league came Mm -hmm. out rookie of the year, um, angels in the outfield, angels in the outfield, who could forget angels in the outfield while, you know, all those movies have their merits. You can argue, Mm -hmm. um, this seems to be like the representation of the kids baseball movie pretty arguably. And who would have, who would have thunk, who would have thunk? I feel like this is like a humble, this is like a somewhat humble movie. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's a nice little, uh, nice little phenomenon of a movie. Cause it is like, and I mean, um, just kind of doing some Googling, there is like a series, like direct to video series, Sandlot 2 and then Sandlot heading home. Sandlot 2 came out in 05 and third one came out in 07. 
haven't haven't seen anything about I them. haven't seen haven't heard about those ones but lord knows those uh dvd returns came in on the first one and they thought all right let's keep this let's keep this train going uh kind of wish richard richard linklater had directed this movie nice had not thought this but absolutely of course My i think God. some of those qualities i was missing a little bit would have been there but i can say that with a lot of movies that i wish richard linklater had directed <laughs> yeah. it yeah 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 i really like titanic but I just wish Lincoln Lighter would have directed it. Um, no, that's so great. I mean, particularly, this feels like right up his alley. I think, didn't he do... No. Yeah, I mean, could it be said that... I, I, maybe a nice uh, double feature is Sandlot, and then everybody wants some. He did every, He did Bad News Bears, too, the new one. Which oh. is like one of his bomb studio, yeah, studio movies. Sure. I haven't seen it either, but... Yeah. Yo, I do, I do, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I just hit upon something. A nice double feature would be Sandlot and then everybody wants some. That's like a nice, it's like baseball guys at very different ages. Dude, it, I like it. I love everybody wants some. I do I'm too. I'm surprised I that you, no, I guess I'm not surprised that you love that movie, but I just feel like that's for whatever reason, a pretty obscure, like not many people have seen that. And not many people have seen it. No, I did see it in uh, quarantine, and I don't know what provoked me to finally watch it. Maybe it's because we have been talking about Linklater so much. But I, by the end of it, that movie, great. I mean, Linklater knows how to end a movie. That movie has stuck with me. The, like moments from that movie are like so good, in particularly the ending, particularly what the t- professor writes on the chalkboard. But I won't spoil <laughs> that movie. Um, but yeah, I, those two movies together, I think, is nice. I mean, it's very like niche but i feel like that's a nice uh complimentary double feature dude i i kind of have a i have a dream that this podcast gets so big and and Mm -hmm. we have so many revenue dollars streaming in that you and i can like open a theater or like buy an old dilapidated theater and then like play Mm -hmm. the movies that we're going to talk about throughout the week you know yeah 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 dude that's so this could be a double feature yeah, that that'll be the first uh, uh, programming to do. Man, that's a, I fucking love that idea so much. Man, yeah, that'd be tight. In a like boutique theater, fuck yeah. Well, dude, um, it's great to see you. I know you got to get to the DMV. Yeah, I gotta gotta uh, renew the old driver's license. I feel like I've been hearing about this trip to the DMV for like <laughs> I know like like the second the second months. that I te- <laughs> truly the second I texted you it like it clicked with me. I'm like, oh, this like is like a saga. You're you're of anyone the most aware of for me. It's just yeah, just a, just to kind of it kind of catch listeners up. I uh, have an out of state license expired on my birthday back in January, and I I just needed I lost my. I lost documentation and stuff that I need. So it's, it's taken a while along with like in COVID times, you had to like make a reservation, which like was like three months out. And then that one got canceled. And then, uh, so now I'm going in today. So wish me luck. All right. Good luck, um, dude. Max, phenomenal to see you. Congratulations again. And, uh, thank you. I'm sure I'll have more uh, to report about fatherhood as we go mm. forward here. And, yes. uh, are we doing back to the future? Is this is this yes, what's on deck? We gotta, we gotta do right. it. We gotta so, do it. I'm um, stoked. Kind of a yeah, kind kind of a holy grail. Kind of a top yeah. five movie for me personally is mm-hmm. on deck. Back to the Future uh, will be our next and our final movies. We can't wait to watch with our kids. Deep dive. Love it. Love it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please hit the subscribe button on your podcast player, and if you have a moment and enjoyed the show, leave us a good review. 
We'd love to hear from you. If you agree with us, disagree with us, if you're your own hot takes, email us or send a voice memo to the Oscar went to at gmail.com. And if we think you're onto something, we'll play slash read it on an upcoming episode. What do we, what's, what's the sign off? It's been so long. Uh, Keep the popcorn popkin. Or no, that was, that was, that, that was, was uh, film, the, film club. Yeah, that was film club. Movie but club. I, I mean, they, they got it down. Ours is still uh, until then the balcony is closed, which is uh, ironic because that's uh, Siskel and uh, Ebert's uh, sign off. So, so we'll say um, until then the wherever you stream movies from is closed. Okay. Work, work in progress. Or let's make like a tree and get out of here in honor of Ooh. next week's movie. Tree of life. See you, dude. See you later, Brad. Bye-bye. Brad. Bud. All right. Brad. Goodbye. Bye, Brad. Bye, Brad. Bye, Brad.